and welcome to the Not Your Type podcast, aimed to uplift and empower everyone in the diabetic community, from supporters to professionals, and of course, those living with it. Hello, and welcome back to another episode. I'm so excited for this one because this features two very important people in my life, my parents. You might have heard me talk about this before on the podcast, but my dad has actually been diabetic for 41 years. He was diagnosed when he was just 13 years old and has seen all of the changes that have happened with the landscape of diabetes, the community, the culture, everything about it that has changed. He has gotten to see and experience, and now as a father of a diabetic, he gets to live out that new role, not only as a mentor, having diabetes himself, but as someone who is a caretaker of a diabetic. And my mother is the wife, the mother, and the daughter of a diabetic, with my grandmother also being type 1. So hearing their perspectives on what it's like to take care of their loved ones in their life living with diabetes made me emotional, but was also really heartwarming and was nice to connect with them, to hear their thoughts on what it's like having people in their lives that they care about whether it's themselves or others, with diabetes. So I hope you enjoy this episode and gain some new insight from those in the community that might not have it themselves but care deeply about those that do. Okay, we're live. Woot, woot. So I'm here in my childhood home with mom and dad. Woo, yay! (laughs) Okay, So today our conversation is going to be about being parents or family members of diabetics. So to start off, what do you remember about my diagnosis as your daughter? I just remember being very scared and worried for you. We drove separately to go to Iowa City and I had to hold it together because you were in the car. So I couldn't, I couldn't really let my emotions show because I wanted to be strong for you because you were scared and so it was just it was it was a long drive even though it's only 45 minutes very nerve-wracking especially when it's your child it's just very it's very scary as your mother said we did drive separately and when we left that doctor's office you guys came home to get stuff ready and rush to Iowa City I'm not sure how long it was but I sat in the parking lot of the doctor's office and cried for quite a while. Being a type one diabetic knew that that was something I gave you is what I thought. So I sat and cried, got it together, knew we had to be strong for you and you were gonna get through this and we were gonna do what we had to do. And then I rushed to Iowa City and don't recall, but probably cried all the way to Iowa City as well. But then we got it together and here we are today. (sighs) Okay, I wrote these questions and literally knew that I would cry. Okay, do you think anything changed with your relationship to me or our family relationship because of my diagnosis? Well, we were already very involved in what you do. And so it just made us even more involved because not knowing how your body was going to react to having to be on insulin and all these different changes that you were going through 
and then throw that into puberty into that, you were going through a lot of changes. So I know it annoyed you to no end that we would, I would go to school and tell all your teachers and, and, you know, whenever you did a new activity, I would tell the person that was in charge of that, like, oh, she's type one diabetic. These are the symptoms. I know it annoyed you, but it helped me not worry as much knowing that someone else knew what was going on. When as a teacher now, I can say it is appreciated when people let me know what's going on, even if it's not diabetes, if it's just some sort of illness, whether it goes away or it's chronic, so that I can know to look out for that student if anything goes wrong. And it was just middle school, high school me being embarrassed about literally nothing. So, <laughs> Right, and you, and you didn't want to be singled out for being quote-unquote different. And it wasn't that we wanted you to be singled out. It was just that we wanted the teachers to be aware that you have this condition that may need attention, medical attention. So it was just, especially for me, my way of trying to keep you safe Mm -hmm. and keep you healthy. When I appreciate it now, and when I got to college, I carried that on by telling all my professors that I was diabetic. And I remember in the back of my mind being like, Oh, I would get so annoyed for mom or at mom for doing this for me. And now I'm doing exactly what she did. Well, and even with dad, whenever we moved into a new place and we'd meet neighbors, I would say, hey, he's type one. If you see him walking around looking like he's on drugs, he's having a low blood sugar and he needs some juice. <laughs> so just making sure that people are aware of it because it is not, it's, it's a dangerous thing when you have a low blood sugar. And I would say we were always protective. And then that just added another facet to that protection, knowing you had what I had and what you would go through. Although there were far more developments in treatments, et cetera, now that would aid in your getting through all this and living a quote-unquote normal life with it, which is absolutely possible, as we have both proven, especially yourself although did worry every day, would she have a low blood sugar? I know I did this, I know I did that, just on how you would get through, especially with the complexities of school. You had mentioned being embarrassed. I was embarrassed growing up as well and didn't want it known to anybody because I thought I was different. Do you think, though, Dad, that it had a positive impact on at least our relationship since now you had a buddy to go through it with? <laughs> Absolutely. Because I knew, you know, knew I had that first-hand knowledge. A lot of times people say, oh, I know what you're going through, and they have no clue in the slightest what someone is going through, whatever, whatever part of life that may be or whatever occurrence in life that may be. Generally seems silly when people say that because there's no way they do. But I absolutely did and could say that and think it did strengthen that bond that we were blood sugar buddies, (laughs) if you will. (laughs) I like that. I was going to say diabetes, but that's not as, that just sounds like I'm mispronouncing diabetes. So I like blood sugar buddies better. That wouldn't make as good a t-shirt. That's that's true. We have to go with the t-shirt factor. Absolutely. T-shirt element. Well, I know for me, it made me feel closer to both of you since I knew we were all working through it together even if it was in very different ways because it's one thing to be a parent that has it than it is to be just someone who has it than it is to be a parent who doesn't have it but is 
a mother, a daughter, and a spouse of a diabetic, which we'll talk more about later, Mom. (laughs) But it just was really interesting to see how it could kind of strengthen all our relationships with each other and my brother, who's not present. But I know he was able to kind of be a big brother in a new sense and just look out for me in a new way. And that was kind of nice to connect. But it also made me feel better, even though I didn't know the ins and outs of diabetes. I at least knew, like, Dad, that you had it. And so I was like, oh, I'll be fine. Because I knew there was someone at home who, no matter what happened, could take care of me and make sure everything was going okay. Because leaving the hospital, I remember feeling really scared. But no matter what, I was like, there is someone at home who can help me. That's not a nurse or a doctor, but they know exactly what to do. And the only scary part was going to school and actually being alone. But I was fortunate to have good nurses and staff there that were mostly supportive. Of course, there are some people who, some teachers who maybe didn't follow the plans as they should have. But that's a whole other episode. Um, Can I throw in something real quick? Sure. Not having type 1 myself, but basically all of my people that I love dearly have it. With my mom having it and my husband having it, I knew enough about it to take care of it. But once you were diagnosed, I really dived into learning more about it. Don't cry. <laughs> because as a mom, you want everything to be perfect for your children. And that didn't go for you with, with the diabetes. I mean, not that diabetes is a death sentence at all. It's it's perfectly livable disease. But I really learned more about it because of you. And then because of you also, the advocacy part. I mean, you jumped right into that. and that. So now I feel like I try to be an advocate for people as well. You have been a great advocate as well. Dad and I are in it for the long haul too. So I mean, we're just a family of T1D advocates here. But And I must add, I learned more after you were diagnosed as well. If through nothing else, your advocacy and involvement in the several things you're involved in it became infectious that, you know, living with it's one thing, but diving into it deeper is a far different aspect of knowledge of everything with it, so. I think what's cool is that when I was diagnosed, there was more of a community established already because of JDRF and all these other organizations that make it a community of diabetics, and so I was able to learn through the community because it was inspiring to me to see all those people that were living totally normal and successful lives even despite their diagnosis for however many years they've had it. And now I've seen how that's become me where now some people look at me and see that as the success story or the person living with it and still doing all the things she wants to do. And so that's kind of cool to just be part of the community because I think that's how we all learned more is just by seeing people who all have different diagnosis stories, who all take care of it in a different way, who use different technology, who know different people across the country really who are dealing with this. And so that's been to me the most rewarding part as a family is like going to all the walks and seeing the community at work because it's one thing to live with it, like you said, but it's another thing to be a part of a community who all actually do know what you're going through, other than the people who just say they do. 
going back to what you had said earlier about being a daughter of a diabetic, do you feel like you learned more about diabetes watching Nana have it, or was it something that was more distant from your life? No, I, I did learn a little bit more about it, not to the extent that I did with you, but I knew enough to know like if she needed, if she was having a little blood sugar, what to do for her. It didn't change our relationship at all or anything like that, so... Did that relationship or knowledge of diabetes change once you met dad? It was interesting because dad's diabetes is totally different than Nana's. Nana had, or than my mom. So mom had um, a lot more um, high blood sugars. And when she had low blood sugars, she felt them coming on and she knew to take care of it. When I met your dad and he had, he didn't have as many highs, he had more lows and a lot of times didn't feel them. He would either pass out or get really weird. <laughs> There's some fun stories there. Um, <laughs> but he would get really weird. And so it was just learning how his body reacted to his diabetes was a whole new ball game. But that's something important to know is that it affects people and everybody in different ways. And with Nana, since she was diagnosed in her 30s, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, sometimes they even call that diabetes one and a half because sometimes your pancreas will produce insulin in the honeymoon phase for longer than it might in a traditional type 1 diabetic, and it's kind of a weird hybrid that still is being researched. So it is a totally different type because... Mm -hmm. Dad was 13, she was in her 30s. Mm -hmm. So it's just very different, and it affects me in different ways too. I can feel my low blood sugars, but having a CGM is still life-saving just as much as it is for Dad. So That was a game-changer because there are many times that I woke up in the middle of the night that your dad would be having a low blood sugar, and I couldn't do anything about it, and that's the scariest thing is to call 911 when, you can't, when there's nothing you can do to help him so or just making sure he gets up to drink some juice or anything like that. Or have the best PB&J in the world. That's right. Having the best PB&J in the world is very important. For listeners at home, my mom makes the best, most plump PB&Js, <laughs> according to someone with a low blood sugar, a.k.a. me. <laughs> and it was the perfect ratio of peanut butter to jelly, apparently. But yeah, it's just, it's hard watching people you love when they're having a low blood sugar. And hope, you know, just like, are you going to be okay? I'll never forget when I heard it from my endocrinologist. The whole disease is battling high blood sugar and maintaining a good balance. But one, blood, one low blood sugar can end it all. And that was my biggest fear for you were low blood sugars. When you were growing up, Dad, how was it? not having any other diabetics in the family. Did you feel more isolated because of that? Did you feel like it was hard to be the only one in your immediate family or in your school or community or whatever to have it? I felt very alone for a lot of my life, even once I did move out of the house, that I was the only one nobody else really understood. Did meet one kid in high school, and he was a type 1 diabetic as well, so... Aside from that very small little bit of someone else around for a very short time, I did feel very alone, being the only one that knew what it was like as a 24-hour-a-day circus juggling act of trying to keep things all together. 
especially back when you were first diagnosed, it was so, you had to take insulin and hope that you ate enough to cover all your insulin. It, there were the technology and the, the advancements that are now with, with when you were diagnosed are just, mm-hmm. it's huge. And I was fortunate to get a really great team of people training me and, and great care at the children's hospital. So I was fortunate with that. And I'm sure your care was as good as it could be for the time, but it has changed so much that it's so much easier to live with. The only thing I had aside from taking a shot in the morning and hoping everything was balanced out throughout the day was being able to urinate on a stick (laughs) to see if there were ketones in your urine. So no home blood sugar tests or anything other than hey, you have ketones in your urine, your blood sugar's out of control, and no knowledge or direction from anyone, even providers I had, on really what to do then, because you couldn't just take a shot, and well, I hope it goes down. Do you feel like that changed once you met mom, because she knew more about it a little bit? Do you think there was something special about her because she knew more about diabetes. Don't roll your eyes. (laughs) Um, I think it just gave me someone else close to manage it better and be in better control. In all honesty, for a couple years during the bachelor days, after first moving out of the house, if you will, I did not manage my diabetes really much at all which is very, very poor decision. And once I did meet your mother, then, okay, there's somebody else to, you know, make sure I'm healthy and strong for. So you're saying she whipped you into shape? No. (laughs) Yes. Yes. For the record and off the record, absolutely not. (laughs) Period, exclamation point. Okay. It is nice that you had someone who kind of knew about it already who could then help you and also learn more. And who knows, maybe it was just training for me. I did go to, when when we first got married, I did go to a couple of his appointments mm-hmm. just to learn more, like, because things were even changed from when my mom was diagnosed, things have changed. And just, like I said before, learning about how his body handles, you know, diabetes so I remember going to his doctor and, and just learning more about, you know, what kind of meals should I be, prepare, be preparing, things like that. And then we also talked with them shortly after we got married to see what our chances of our children having diabetes should we decide to have children. What did they say? Our chances doubled. It was, but it went from a 1% to a 2% chance of our children contracting diabetes. It is interesting that I have it, but... Zach, my brother, does not, and he even had the symptoms, so to speak, which ended up just being puberty for him, and then I wasn't really exhibiting that many symptoms, and I happened to be the one diagnosed, and Zach was screened, right? He was tested a few times. It was more of us checking his blood sugar Mm. um, at home and just really being hypervigilant about checking, looking for the symptoms. We had you screened. Because you would, when you were in elementary school, if we didn't eat, we kept a schedule of, of meal times. But when we were off schedule and you wouldn't eat later, you would get very grumpy and a headache and you would just, you wouldn't feel right. You'd always say, I feel dizzy. We had you checked, but when they checked you, your A1C was 5.9. 
And of course, you know, 6.0 is when they say, oh, you have diabetes. I um, do remember that, the 5.9. Mm-hmm. And little old me, fifth grade me, I think, was like, oh, yeah, I don't have it. And you guys are probably like, it's point one percent off right just say she has it so it was kind of like okay so we kind of I mean I think in the back of our head we always kind of knew to just really be careful and watch you um both of both of you and your brother but when you were diagnosed it was it was still a shock because we didn't want it you know we didn't want you to have to live with that the rest of your life but at the same time we kind of in the back of our head knew it was a possibility do you think in some way you were prepared for it or did it feel Totally. No, it still felt like a slap in the face. I was still crushed that, oh, I did give one of my children this thing I have. But at the same time, believe, well, we can handle this. We are prepared. Well, I think because of that, I was not as scared for the injections because I would see you do it all the time. And I still don't like getting shots at the doctor. But when it was shots that I needed, it was super chill and I immediately was like oh can I give myself shots I was totally ready for it you were given shots before we left the hospital Mm -hmm. and um funny thing is that your dad couldn't give you shots I had to if you wanted someone else to give you a shot because you had a hard time doing it in your arm it is just interesting that so many people will hear that you have to take shots every day or just hear that you're diabetic and are like oh I could never do that and to me I hate that comment because when I had to, I was fine with it. Mm-hmm. Now, if it were optional and I didn't have to take the shots, I would probably have the hardest time giving them to myself. But because even at 11 years old, I knew I had to take them, I was like, okay, well then give it to me. Mm-hmm. Let me take it. I need it. So I'm going to do it. And it just always annoys me when people say that, oh, I could never give myself shots because it's not like we have a choice. And if they were diagnosed and in the same situation, they're going to have to suck it up and do it. And they would. And you're absolutely right and exactly the way I feel on people that say things like, oh, how do you do that? Or I couldn't do that. And anytime anybody, even when I was a kid growing up with it, asked me, how can you do that? It's, I do it or I die. Not really a tough decision. I guess this is more for dad. But as a diabetic, did you ever think about the impact that it had on the rest of your family or loved ones or community members, like people you worked with, people you went to school with, et cetera. In part, it did that, you know, what if what if somebody I'm around or work with were to not know what to do if I had a low blood sugar, didn't want that to affect our family life and all the things we wanted to do and did, et cetera. But at the same time, I can't, really think other than maybe the first couple years I was diagnosed that that's the first thing that comes to my mind is I'm a diabetic and I think that's important for everyone to learn even children that are first diagnosed this won't define you period it's a a livable thing well I saw a quote from a diabetes page that I follow on social media and it said diabetes is a word not a sentence And I thought that was really cool because, yes, it will last our entire life until we find a cure, which is getting closer and closer, but we have the power to define it instead of it having the power to define us. And I feel like I've done a lot to remind myself of that with 
the work we've all done as a family and the stuff I'm trying to do and even with this podcast is that yes I may have diabetes but there's so much more to me than being a diabetic and there's so much more to you and to my grandmother and everyone else that has diabetes is we have it but it's not the only thing we've got going for us and that's something really impactful that sometimes needs reminding so apart from all of the things we've talked about what is the hardest part about having a child with diabetes just the constant worry that you won't have a low blood sugar that you can't come out of especially right now because you're living on your own um, you don't have anyone with you so and, and as a parent you never stop worrying for your children I would say it does add a an added worry about health and beyond that doesn't add a great deal to the overall continual worry a parent has for any and all of their children on success and health and well-being. Well, thank you for finally joining me for a podcast episode. We'll have to do more, but I appreciate it. We laughed, we cried, (laughs) all the things, and thank you for being here. Thank you for your allowing us to participate in your great work and effort. Yeah.